Salad or sandwich? Sandwich. Always. Which kind? I'm a bit of a weird combination girl with my sandwiches. I'm not going to lie. So I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> we'll leave that there. Well, when I was younger, I used to have peanut butter and quavers together. So that just says a lot about my personality. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Joyful Drinker, a podcast for anyone that drinks that wants to drink a little less. I'm your host, Ellie Webb, and I believe that if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better. Through honest conversations and real-life stories, I'm on a mission to uncover the benefits of taking a few more alcohol-free days each week. By sharing my guests' own perspectives on balance and moderation, I hope we can all take away some inspiration and learn from the powerful habits they've picked up along the way. If you're curious about the benefits that balanced drinking can bring to your week, then pour yourself a glass of something tasty and let's meet today's guest. On today's podcast, I'm joined by the gorgeous Victoria Winterford, former Miss Universe beauty queen, model and personal trainer. Wow. Welcome, Victoria. So great to have you on the podcast. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. That was a uh, that was an intro. I completely forgot about that part of my life. <laughs> bringing it back, <laughs> literally bringing everything back. <laughs> Throwbacks. We'll it just reminds me CV. that I'm thirty this year. Let's <laughs> not remind you're still, myself. You're still of younger that. than me, Hunter. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a huge advocate for health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about your journey with both those things, because. I feel like, you know, looking at your Instagram and social media, that has changed a lot over the Mm. years. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. So I kind of first got into the industry, I would say, back in 2015, 2016. So prior to that, as you mentioned, I'd done a lot of modelling and Miss Universe and I was a dancer as well. And as much as I loved the industry, it became a little bit toxic for me and I ended up losing a lot of weight and kind of developing a little bit of an eating disorder around that. So social situations weren't good obviously my mental health my lifestyle wasn't great at the time and it was actually fitness and nutrition that kind of saved me I ended up in hospital and then I just made that decision to change the trajectory of my life and um, I became a PT but I'd done my course just to learn I just wanted to learn more I just wanted to learn more about the food I was eating I've come from I come from a massive foodie background with my family anyway so I always had that love for food and what I was putting in my body but I just wanted to know more so I'd done my PT course I'd done my nutrition course and then it kind of then just went from there started posting my journey on social media which then grew and um, here I am today but I suppose now as much as I love the fitness aspect of it, my love came from changing people's mindsets surrounding themselves and their bodies and how they view themselves. And so I kind of transitioned it more towards like wellness coaching and just an overall uh, kind of not just holistic, but mind, body, spirit. It's not just about what you do in the gym, but it's about those other 23 hours every single day and and how you are fueling your body and nourishing your body and then nourishing your mind as well so it's been a long journey a hard journey but yeah it's been amazing sounds like you've learned a lot I have I have all through experience as well yeah so um I'm a bit of a geek so I love researching I love learning I love learning from other people and um yeah it's it's been amazing let's touch uh, for a second on 
mental health that you mentioned and self-confidence. I believe you've talked openly on this topic in the past. Why is it important for you to talk about those things? Because no one normally does. And I use kind of the analogy of, of, I remember when I was at school or when anyone was at school and the teacher would ask a question and no one puts their hands up until that first person puts their hand up and then everyone else does. Um, th- there's a, another, it's, it's crazy. I had exactly that the other day. I yeah. was presenting to customers and the MD was like, no one ever asks questions. And I think I said something like, when I knew no one was going to ask, I was like, this is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so I said, first person gets a, a prize or something. And then suddenly I got about 10 questions. You're so right. Yeah. No one asks. And there's, there's a lot of things that happen in life with that. And it's always that first person that does something that everyone else thinks that they can do as well. Mm-hmm. Like the, um, the guy that, the first guy that ran the four minute mile, it was said that no one could ever do it ever. And then one guy done it. And then suddenly now hundreds and thousands of people have done it after them because suddenly they believe they can. So for me, it was a case of, as hard as it may be at the beginning to speak out about a topic, once I became more comfortable with the understanding of how I felt, it then enables other people to be a bit more vulnerable and enable them to speak out openly as well. And then hopefully for all the younger generations, they'll be able to be more aware of themselves and what they're going through. And that's kind of always been a massive goal of mine is to help the younger generation. Yeah. Why do you think the younger generation are struggling more with things like mental health and, and self-confidence social media a hundred percent like I love social media I have such a love-hate relationship with it yeah. social media has been a massive part of my journey with meeting people and, and gaining new experiences and learning about myself and going to incredible events and being given amazing opportunities like today but it also has a really toxic trait of people comparing themselves to something which isn't right. We end up comparing the outsides of everyone else and then we end up kind of determining our insides based on what we think they're doing. And I think for the younger generation, they're not being taught how to get through their own limiting beliefs and, and they're coming from an educational system which personally I think is is still quite flawed as well and they're leaving the educational system wanting to be YouTubers and creators and Instagram influencers but there's no kind of transitional skill so they're not learning what it is like to actually be on Instagram and on Twitter and TikTok in such a kind of a vast measure of what that also comes with. And I think the pressures, the, pressures, the social conformities of what they think that they have to do and act like and who they have to be. So um, and it's not reality a lot of the time. You know, what people are seeing, it's like the best, it's the yeah. best picks. And it's like that doesn't give you, that doesn't give you a complete picture no, of what's going on. Exactly. And I say that Instagram's like your own virtual magazine. Mm. You only post what you want people to see, whether that's the bad parts, whether that's the good parts, you're only going to post what you're comfortable with other people seeing. And it's kind of like your own CV of of who you are, your own portfolio. And as 
as an older kind of part of the older generation I call myself (laughs) we were kind of 31 by the way well great (laughs) so not that I feel like we're we're of that last generation where I didn't grow up with social media I didn't grow up with Instagram I got my first phone when I was like 14 and it was a little Hello Kitty I did I think I had one before that it was like a little round thing and it was the Hello Kitty phone before the (laughs) Motorola Razor that I got how cool were flip phones it was amazing it was like the best thing ever I've changed and so we never had it we never and we would socialize with our friends and I remember just posting 10 to 30 pictures of the same thing on Facebook looking absolutely horrendous but not caring and now the younger generation won't post a single photo without it being edited to an inch of their life filters left right and center and I'm not saying that there's anything bad with filters I've actually spoken about filters quite a lot especially on like Instagram stories as long as you're using them for the right reason, if you're using them because you're just using it because you like the colour on it and you want to put a bit of vibrance into your face, that's absolutely fine. But if you're using it to change the way you look because yeah, you're not comfortable with the way you look and you're comparing yourself to other people, that's when it becomes damaging. Yeah. Speaking about positivity around social and, and you know, love-hate relationship, but there are there are some flip sides. I love your dancing videos oh, on you. Instagram, by the way. <laughs> They're like Marmite. <laughs> I love them. People either love fan. them or they hate them, honestly, but I just don't care. I still post them. I think I saw one person comment like, do you not get people coming up to you in public asking what you're doing? I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that person where I think Yolo. I was out with my mum in central London and I just st- get on top of a bollard and start doing something and she's like filming me like... I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> I love my mum. Just do you. it. I know. <laughs> I get her involved as well when she. Well, she hates me, but she loves me really. <laughs> I guess linked to that, like, what are your? Because I think watching them, they are fun and mm. they are silly and just quite carefree. Yeah. What are your top tips for bringing positive, joyful energy to your week? I think that you have to just do something every single day which makes you ultimately happy. And I always think about what used to make me happy as a child and think back to those days of having no cares in the world, what I used to do when I was younger, really stupid things. Like for me, it was baking. I used to love baking. That came from my nan, my granddad, my dad. And so when I'm feeling a little bit kind of demotivated or a little bit sad, I'll just step in the kitchen. As you know, I bought treats today. Yeah, delicious ones. I will just (laughs) bake and cook stuff and that makes me happy. And again, we dance and I grew up dancing and that was an absolute passion of mine. So to do TikToks dancing or to be on Instagram dancing, that just makes me happy. A lot of fun. And I think when you're feeling demotivated it's all about finding that intrinsic motivator like the intrinsic reason as to why you want to change or why you want to be happy and a lot of people don't know that a lot of people don't understand their why and they don't understand the the legacy that they could create in their life and they get so stuck in either the past or stuck in in their own minds with maybe self-doubt or self-comparison and Mm. kind of imposter syndrome that that really brings us down um and if you are feeling demotivated again when you wake up in the morning just stay off of social media don't go on your phone straight away just take half an hour to actually wake up and get some sunlight and make yourself a coffee maybe do some journaling or read something which is positive and and then go on social media if you need to then check your emails it's kind of allowing our brains to 
focus before we've really told them what we should be doing for the rest of the day etc yeah it's so true and there's some really healthy habits that you can form Mm -hmm. and keep to and stick to that are good for your mental health and just like you say bringing bringing more joy to your week and celebrating the small things I'm a big big fan of that small wins always and nothing happens overnight flowers don't grow overnight Mm -hmm. and it's looking at those small wins and then relishing in those and kind of appreciating yourself for those small wins because we don't normally do that and we get quite embarrassed I never used to speak about my wins like my family would always have a go at me because I was the worst person they go oh so you just won Miss Universe Great Britain and I'm like what <laughs> off topic you wouldn't mention talk about <laughs> something else like do you know what I mean I just I wouldn't yeah. I would never speak about myself in a positive light because I didn't think I was worthy mm. of those wins and I think it's really important to understand your wins, how big or how small, because it is part of your journey. And then it ultimately then motivates you to achieve bigger things and larger things. Yeah. And it's all relative, right? You know, something like, you know, getting this universe could, is a big win, but even just, you know, entering something or doing taking that first step is a win in mm-hmm. itself too and it's it's all relative and, and yeah. different for everyone just touching quickly on healthy habits and moderation and, and balance now this is the joyful drinker yeah. podcast and I'm intrigued to know what is your relationship like with drinking and alcohol I don't need to drink to have fun and my friends will tell me, my fr- my family will tell me, I'm not a huge drinker. Mm. Unless I'm going out to drink, then I will drink. Yeah. But I don't, I don't drink at home. I don't have a glass of wine at home. If I'm going out for dinner, I very rarely have a drink. If I'm, I'll end up driving. To be honest, yeah. um, not drinking and driving, but <laughs> <laughs> just to put that out there, I'll be the designated driver. So we I'm know what you mean. <laughs> Disclaimer. Disclaimer: Do not drink and drive. Do not drink and drive, kids. It's against the law (laughs) (laughs) but so I don't really drink to a huge extent um alcohol again like I've I have a few different health problems so for me alcohol isn't great for my system for my body I'm I'm an okay drinker I'm a good drinker but I, I don't need it I really don't like I'm not drinking at the moment and I think the hardest thing is the peer pressure behind drinking and I actually done a reel on this it's when someone says they're not drinking, everyone always asks why. Mm. Why are you not drinking? But if I didn't eat mayonnaise, you wouldn't say, why don't you eat mayonnaise? So You'd like, you, you just don't. But because it's drinking, we all expect other people to drink. And it's just because that person wants you to drink with them. And they, but if you don't drink, it really doesn't matter. Like you should never feel pressured to have to drink or want to drink. Yeah. And it comes back down to confidence and this kind of idea of like following the pack or following mm-hmm. the herd. You know, you actually don't have to do what everyone else is doing and having the confidence yeah. in actually going, no, I'm not drinking full stop or I'm not drinking tonight and not feeling like you have to give a reason. Of course. And it's being comfortable in you as you to not have to drink. And I think drinking kind of gives people a persona that maybe they would like to be so it gives them the confidence maybe to ask that person out it gives them the confidence to be more sociable or or dance 
in the middle of the dance floor. So, mm-hmm. and if you strip that back and you take the alcohol away, suddenly that person's confidence isn't there. So it's all about growing as a person and, and regaining that confidence in yourself that you can yeah. be you without alcohol and be unapologetically you as well. We've talked a little bit about the younger generation and just young people in general. Feels like they're facing facing a lot of pressure and sometimes um like you just said people can use alcohol as a way to kind of cope with that mm-hmm. pressure or try and you know mask that that confidence that that they're lacking why do you think it's harder for them to manage that during the week i think it comes down to just the knowledge behind maybe what they should be doing i mean growing up when i was younger i did drink I drank from the age of 16 upwards. Um, I'd go out, I'd do stupid stuff when I was younger um, because I wasn't really allowed to do it at home. Mm. So you kind of rebel against it and you think it's the right thing to do. But it was really over, only over on the weekends and I never thought I'd, during the week, sit at home and, and have a drink and it was just never really an option. But I think now it's become a, a way of people really letting go and coming away from life because life can be so scary now and life can be like we said so pressurizing and really uncertain I I, I say that life right now is like when you go into a restaurant and you open the menu and maybe there's 70 things on the menu you have no idea what to choose because there's just too much that's what life is like now you open social media and there's so much overwhelm there's so many various of opinions there's so many niches there's so many people there's not just I don't know veganism but there's sustainable veganism for cooking under the age of fives like it's so specific which is amazing because now there's something for everyone and it's so much more inclusive which is incredible but on the flip side it's really scary so I think that's why the younger generation have maybe kind of started drinking more and people started drinking more, especially over the last couple of years, just to get away from life and just to cope with it. And then it becomes a habit. And as we all know, it doesn't take that long to create a habit, bad habit or good habit. Yeah. And actually, on the flip side, you know, I run uh, a drinks company, uh, Clenu Non-Alcoholic yeah. Spirits. And actually, we did see over lockdown people form quite... It's great, by the way. ...positive. <laughs> Thank you. We did see people form quite positive habits, actually. And, you know, first lockdown, it was like, I'm going to drink loads of alcohol mm. and it's a big fun party and I'm working from home. Isn't this great? And then actually, you know, months went on, second lockdown, and everyone's like, actually, this isn't so great. This isn't great for my mental health. Yeah. I need to take some time off, like, just getting to the end of the day. And drinking alcohol is not good for me. Yeah. And so actually we saw a massive surge in people trying alcohol alternatives. Um, it's not just spirits, but you've got n- like really good non-alcoholic beers out there now, wines, and um, people actually picked up some really positive habits. So it can, it can, it can go the other way. Definitely. Um, I want to touch a little bit around drinking and dating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fair to say... <laughs> <laughs> you've had a few high profile relationships in the past Callum Best mm. Arge from Tarry to name a few well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> questionable so let's talk about drinking and dating any top tips and do you have any regrets I don't have any regrets ever 
in life because I feel that everything you do in life you do for a reason Mm -hmm. and your mistakes you turn into lessons your weaknesses you turn into strengths so everything I've done in the past whether it be good whether it be bad I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for those so I, I never have any regrets um, maybe I would have done things slightly differently, mm. but I wouldn't like regret anything at all. Um, when it comes to dating, like I don't really get asked on dates. <laughs> I'm like honestly, unless it's really strange people, I just have to block and delete them. But I don't really get asked on dates. I don't go on dates. I don't really go on like. For, I can't remember the last time I went on a first date, maybe you a couple of years ago. I, like, I just don't get on with them. I am on the apps. I don't get on with them because I end up getting ghosted or they just don't, well, they don't reply, so they ghost me. <laughs> for me, I'm a really personable person. So yeah. I read people's like energies and I get on with people yeah. in real life. Whereas online, I'm quite an introvert. So I just don't really show my I would say my whole self and I'm a bit of a weirdo so people (laughs) only really get to know me properly when they like meet me in person yeah and a lot of people say I'm quite different to how they perceive me to be on social media so which is again why I try and do really silly things because it shows who you are but when it comes to dating I think I used to kind of be that person I'd need to go get drunk on a date just to get through it but actually I'm not that way anymore I don't feel like I would have to do that and I think a perfect date for me would actually not be drinking it would be going rock climbing or going to a jump giant thing with loads of trampolines or doing something really like spontaneous and active and out of the blue where you can actually show your personality because I think when you're sat there opposite someone having dinner one you're so conscious about whether you've got food down you which I would have (laughs) like in my teeth or in my hair that you're so worried about that and how you're acting that you're not showing your true self. And that's why I think that going out for dinner dates just isn't really my thing. Because I'm I was gonna really say, I think well. also just going out for a dinner date is feels like just like the obvious yeah. sort of lazy option. Yeah. Whereas actually going rock climbing, going to a beach, definitely doing something an activity that doesn't maybe necessarily revolve around alcohol mm. and drinking just takes away that pressure. Because people that are you know, potentially have stopped drinking or want to drink a little bit less alcohol. You just don't want the questions and you don't, no, maybe exactly. don't want to have to answer. Yeah, and everyone's going through their own journey. So mm. someone doesn't drink, they don't drink for a specific reason. Like you said, maybe they're not comfortable explaining that to you right now. But yeah. then I don't think it should ever be a question of why don't you drink. Mm. If someone says they don't drink, it just should be cool. Like you shouldn't have to open up the conversation of, why aren't you drinking? I don't Make think it that's really it because it yeah. shouldn't be. It's like, oh, why aren't you eating bread? Don't want it. Like <laughs> it's just, it shouldn't be a thing. I think drinking's just we have this conformity around it that it's we have to drink, and actually you don't. And it's it's a really ingrained massive thing in our society, yeah. isn't it? And just getting part of, like I've just seen from being in this space for the past five years and even well even longer than I spent most of my career in the drinks industry Mm. early part of it in alcohol and it's just such an ingrained thing yeah and it's what's happening right now is a massive cultural shift Mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen overnight it's a slow gradual change but it but it is changing Mm. um in a really positive way I think we've talked a lot about health fitness drinking self-confidence mental health all areas that you know you've brilliantly kind of articulated and talked about and given some great advice 
what are some of the biggest challenges that you personally have had to overcome in the last year? For me, it's like over the past couple of years, especially through lockdown, I had to deal with a lot of internal issues that I think I had and I didn't realise I had. When I lost my granddad last year, that for me was a really big step for me to learn a massive part of why I am awful when it comes to relationships and why I really attract the wrong people and actually why I'm quite scared of losing people because I do have like a fear of like abandonment yeah and I think that I've come from a family where we don't necessarily talk about our feelings much and everything just gets kind of swished under the carpet which is can be a good thing but then also I think is actually a really negative thing because you kind of it's like a a champagne bottle you bubble 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 bubble, and then one day it's just gonna blow so I think for me I grew up as an only child I now have um, a younger brother and sister but I grew up as an only child so I didn't really have many people to talk to I got really heavily bullied at school and I only really had one friend growing up um she's still one of my best friends now so she's (laughs) like my second arm well my third arm somewhere (laughs) um so I only really I didn't really have many friends and I think I never had sisters where I could openly speak to so I never used when I then had a girl group I never spoke openly about like guys and relationships and who I liked and what I was going through so I I was very quiet the majority of my life which is where like I found a passion in dancing because it was a way for me to express myself without actually expressing myself and I think it's only been the last couple of years of really stepping away from life because we was made to step away from life that I had to assess a lot of things internally that maybe I was too scared to approach before um, especially when it comes down to like my food and why I had food issues and why I had kind of these negative associations with food and actually when it came to alcohol things like I wouldn't eat because I, I thought alcohol had so many calories in it so I would like starve myself to be able to drink and it was just really bad habits that I had and I didn't realize I had all these habits until I was made to really assess myself and just sit there in the silence and again coming back to when I lost my granddad and I had to grieve I couldn't go and run off and what I would normally do and bottle it all up and just spend hours in the gym and be a bit of a control freak I had to sit there on my own in my flat and actually listen to my body and listen to my own emotions which sounds kind of sad but actually it was a blessing because it just made me grow really quickly and sometimes facing up to those things mm. do you learn you do learn from it so 100%. Thank, you, thank you for being open and honest on a slightly different note mm. I have been stalking you a little bit <laughs> Do you have a German pointer? <laughs> I don't. I had. Oh. Uh, okay, so Ollie was... Uh, well, no, I do have another one. I'm lying. So Ollie was my my first childhood dog. And from the age of... Oh, I can't remember how old I was. We lost him a few years ago. About five, four or five years ago. I, honestly, I've lost child over the past couple of years. Um, and he was actually like my diary, which is really strange. So where I said that I didn't really have many friends or anyone to talk to I used to just talk to my dogs I used to come home they're the best listeners everything and they don't judge right they just can't 
talk back. So I used to tell my dog absolutely everything when I came home. And then when we lost him, it was kind of like I'd lost my like my best friend mm. because he knew everything about me and now that was gone yeah. um and then we got another German pointer Marley who is just a little rat <laughs> he's lovely but he's honestly well we got another <laughs> dog before him a rescue dog from Cyprus um and then we got Marley who's just runs right all the time <laughs> but luckily they live with my mom so I don't oh, have them good. at the, the house the and I can just go thing. and I can just go and like see them when I want like run around and then leave them it's like when I have kids yeah. I'll be like there you go <laughs> have them for I a little bit to, I had to ask <laughs> like I'm such a dog person yeah. and um yeah like cats can I lost so many cats <laughs> they just ran away <laughs> I don't know what I was doing <laughs> they just ran away whereas dogs don't they no they do they tend to stay yeah yeah, yeah. food <laughs> food and water and, and affection yeah, but yeah they they, they are great listeners and I completely relate with that I had a, mm. a, a dog growing up and yeah, you can just talk to them and there's no judgment. 100%. 100%. Where's everyone else? And just judge. Yeah. Bit of a tangent. <laughs> yeah. But final question yeah. is a wild card question. Oh, okay. And each of these, they're, they're different for every guest. Um, but I'd love to ask you, is there a kind of favourite quote or saying or mantra that you live by I always used to say that like it is what it is and just to trust the process but that annoys me because it's just been so it's just so overused now and everyone uses it um like I always say if I could kind of tell my younger self something it would just be to never never determine your self-worth based on someone else's perception perception of who they think you are so it's basically saying don't care what anyone else thinks of you be you you, (laughs) for you as you are unapologetically you and and that's it let everyone else think what they think and and that's kind of it so have you got any exciting projects coming up um, I have actually. So something I've been working on for a little while now, as I said, I kind of transitioned from just a, a PT fitness coach into more lifestyle wellness. And I'd done my life coaching accreditation last year as well. And um, I'm actually launching my one-to-one coaching, which will be completely online wellness coaching with myself through an app. Amazing. And, um, yeah. So that's going to be everything from your mind, your body, the food you put in it's going to be completely bespoke with myself and um, I'm just I'm so excited like just to be able to help so many more people transform themselves to ultimately become like the best version of them so it's real can I sign it of course like it's gonna it's it's so exciting I I honestly can't wait how can how can people what's the best way to get hold of you if people are interested in so it's Victoria's coaching and you can either direct message me on um, Instagram which is victoria.winterford or my coaching page which is victoria's coaching at victoria's coaching and um yeah or victoriascoaching.com and you can sign up there very exciting brilliant thank well, well you. done it's yeah. always fun launching a new project and i hope it goes super well for yeah, you thank you so much thank you you've been listening to the joyful drinker hosted by me ellie webb there'll be a new episode released every fortnight so make sure you hit that subscribe button to avoid missing out Also, just a small reminder that ratings and reviews really help people discover great podcasts. So if you've got some kind words to share, they'd be very much appreciated. 
In the meantime, come and find me on socials. I'm at Kalenyo Ellie. I'd love to connect with you all and feedback on the podcast is always welcome. See you next time for another episode of The Joyful Drinker. And remember, if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better.